It doesn't matter if you're a Christian in Canada or if you're one of those Christians in one of those smallies, right? We're united together in Jesus Christ. The gospel united the Jews and the Gentiles. And today, it still unites people. At the rock here, you guys should be united with one another. And when you guys have differences, as we're going to talk about a little bit with the response, when we have differences, we need to remember what unites us, which is Jesus Christ. That's the picture, the big picture. We need to remember Jesus. We need to be united with each other. We need to be united as churches in the city, right? As someone I, that goes to Oxford, we need to be united with Oxford and Faithway and other churches that preach the gospel. We need to be united with them. We're brothers and sisters together. Even if we don't disagree on everything, we're united in Jesus. We need to be united with Christians around the world. And it's just because of Jesus Christ, not because of anything else. Because he's our Savior, because of what he's done. So I'm going to read verse 2 again. It says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. These four qualities are just some of what Paul argues, I believe, will maintain this unity. If we want to be united together as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be humble, gentle, patient, and bear one another in love. And really, these are all qualities that Jesus displayed perfectly, aren't they? I'm sure that as you've been working through the Gospel of John, um, you've just seen how Jesus does all these things. I know I wasn't supposed to bring John up. But, but you can see how Jesus brings all of this together, right? He, Jesus is just so humble. He's so gentle. He's so patient. He's so loving. And as you've seen his life just work, and John just works through Jesus' life, as you've seen that, you've seen who Jesus is, right? And so, this morning, let's look at, I just want to quickly look at these four characteristics. First of all, humility. Humility. This is a quality that really is not popular in our culture, is it? We live in a culture that exalts self, that says it's all about you, all about what you want, all about what's best for you. Everything revolves around you. The problem is that we can't just always think of ourselves. That's not what we see in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34 says, Towards the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, we see Jesus. This is a description of Jesus Christ and his humility. Listen to this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he gave who though he was the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus Christ humbled himself. He was humble. And out of all of us, he's the one that could be proud, because he's God. <laughs> Paul describes it as considering others more highly than yourselves. That's what it means to be humble. Considering others more highly than yourselves. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that's where he says that do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility, count others more significant, more significant than yourself. Tim, Tim Keller says it this way. The essence of the gospel. Humility isn't thinking less of myself. Humility isn't thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. We need to stop thinking about ourselves. And it's really hard. Because our sinful, prideful nature, we love thinking about ourselves. And so how can you show humility here at the rock? What do you need to do to show humility? To count others as more significant than yourselves. And maybe one place that needs to happen, because like we've said, everyone has so many different opinions. And as we talked about all those church divides, they divide for the silliest reasons, right? But why are we divided? Why are you divided this morning? What are you divided about? Is it because you want your way? Or are you counting others more significant than yourself? One big thing that I know is a huge divide in a lot of churches is music and musical preference. Hymns versus courses, right? I love hymns. I love courses. They're both awesome. But what if this happened? What if all the people here this morning, that hymns were their favorite thing, said, you know what? Because there's people here this morning that they like courses more, because of them and because I think of them more than myself, let's sing courses. And what if all the people here this morning that are like, no, hymns all the way, or courses all the way, hymns are old, I don't like them. What if they said, you know what, because there's people here that love hymns, let's sing hymns. If we count all, if all of us do that, we count each other more significant than ourselves, it brings unity, right? When we put people before ourselves. The second thing is gentleness. This doesn't mean being scared or being soft. It's a sign of self-control. Jesus expresses gentleness when he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus was gentle. And I think another really good way that we could phrase that is Jesus was approachable, right? Think of, as you've been working through the Gospel of John, think of all the people that could come and approach Jesus no matter where they were. He was approachable. He was gentle. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was someone who was gentle when they came to him. Moses is also described as gentle and timid in a good way. I mean... Even though he was described as gentle and timid, he took on Pharaoh and got the people of Israel with God out. And then on top of that, he asked God to see more of his glory. That was a gentle man. He wasn't scared. He was gentle. That's different. We need to be gentle. We need to be approachable like Jesus and Moses. Are we gentle with the way that we deal with one another here? When we disagree, when we're not unified in something, do we act gently about it? Or are we just, you, you almost get the idea of angry and fighting, right? Or are we gentle with one another? The next thing we see is patience. Patience. And some of us definitely struggle with patience more than other people do. Um, and you can really tell when you're waiting in line, especially at Walmart now, since it's all self-checkouts but one, <laughs> 
normally, um, you can really tell the people who are struggling to be patient. Now people have their phones, they normally pull them out and try and pass the time. But we all need to be more patient. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. For some of us, really, the microwave is just too slow. Right? But we need to be more patient. First, we need to be patient with God. Not praying, God, can you just do your will, but hurry up, please. We need to have patience because God is at work, right? And he's doing his work, his way, and his time. And we don't understand what God is always doing. We do when we look back, but not when we're looking forward. But we need to be patient with God because he is at work for his glory. And we know that. And so we wait and pray and patiently. But secondly, we need to be patient with one another. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. This is Paul. He says, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who believe in him for eternal life. Jesus was perfectly patient, and Paul was praying to be perfectly patient, because he wanted patience. We need to remember that as we deal with one another in the church, we are all sinful people. We're all hurt. We've had different things happen in our lives. We're struggling with humility. We're struggling to be gentle. We all are. At some level or another. And so we need to be patient with each other. When people are are being stubborn or heavy-headed or thick-headed or whatever you want to call it, we need to be patient with one another. People have been hurt, right? Be patient with them. Be patient with them. Be gentle with them. And when we do that, that will bring unity together. And the last thing is love. We need to be loving. Think about Jesus. It says, Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for a friend. Let love be genuine. Hor- or sorry, we, uh, in, in youth, we've been working through the book of Romans this year. That was our goal. So uh, we're in Romans 14 now, finally, which is awesome. Um, we've been going way too quick, though. Uh, but we hit Romans 12, and I think that there's this beautiful description of what love is. Romans 12, verses 9 to 21 says, let, your, let love be genuine, adhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in seal, but fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give, uh, give though to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Revenge is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if the enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
What a definition of love. We are to love one another even when it's hard. And sometimes it's really hard because we've all acted in ways that don't deserve to be loved. But we need to be loving for one another. The quote, and I've shared this before, um, my dad has kind of ingrained it in my head. He doesn't remember where he got it from, but this is a, a wonderful definition of love. It's doing for others what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great cost to yourself. Love is doing for others what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great cost to yourself. That's Jesus' love, isn't it? We needed so much. We were sin and lost, and he did what we needed the most. He paid the price for our sins. We didn't deserve it, and it cost him his life. That's what love is, and that's how we need to love one another, even when it's hard. And when we do these things, we will maintain the unity of the Spirit. So to conclude, we need to walk worthy of the calling. And to do that, we need to maintain unity. Maintain unity with one another. And the way that we will be maintaining unity with one another is when we act humbly towards one another, when we act gently towards one another, when we're patient with one another, and when we're loving to one another. And when we do those things, we will be united. And we will maintain the unity that we have in Jesus Christ. Because it's, it's wonderful we've been brought together through Jesus. Only Jesus can bring so many people from all over the world and so many different times and so many different places together. Only Jesus. And you think about it in the future when we're standing with God and we're praising Him, there's going to be people from all over, from all different times. People from way before we were all born, people from after we were born, if He doesn't return, right? And we're all going to be united by Jesus Christ. And that's that awesome unity that we look forward to, we can experience that here today in the church because we all have Jesus now. So let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you, Lord, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you, Lord, that it is that sacrifice and the salvation that that brings that allows us to be united with one another. Lord, I pray for us this morning. Allow us to be people that are humble. Allow us to be people that are gentle and patient and loving. Lord, allow the rock to be unified with one another. Allow these churches and this city to be unified and show the city how we, we love you. And that breaks down any other differences that we have. And allow your church to be unified throughout this world as we work together to bring the gospel to all nations. And we pray this in your name. Amen.